Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Flight Plate Podcast. I am a co-host, Josh Wenis, joined, as always, by touring professional Jordan Castro. Jordan, how are we doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's it's super awesome that we're back here and on Tuesday. Uh, every every time we step into the into the box here, I mean, when we record, it just feels like the day is just going by and by. Each day is going faster and faster. So uh, we got a lot of lot of things to talk about today. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, definitely. We we actually do have quite a bit to talk about, which is very very exciting in my opinion. And uh, We've got a lot of cool stuff. There's there's a lot of stuff going on right now. We're going to jump right into it right away. Uh, we had pro disc golf action through the weekend. We had a couple of big tournaments, uh, both a Silver Series event with the Music City Open and some pros skipping that and going over to Florida to hit Throw Down the Mountain. And we're going to talk about both of them. Let's jump right into Music City Open here. Um, we're going to talk about the top four right off the bat. Chris Dickerson on MPO side. Coming down with the win, back-to-back Silver Series wins. Uh, it was interesting to hear him talk about it in the post that he had he had put out about uh, winning too. How thankful he is, but um, kind of critical a little bit too about the uh, the course. And he wasn't the only one that I heard talk about that. We'll get into that too in a little bit. But uh, Adam Hammes making a charge, uh, a great charge, I thought, and uh, coming up just a little bit short. And then the surprise of the tournament, in my opinion, Lowry Lednan from from overseas coming in third with a crazy good third round 12 under 1078 or 1080 rated like a crazy good rating um and then nico lacastro coming in fourth who he made a good charge too was fun watching him play uh overall though this mpo tournament i mean this was this was kind of fun to watch like i said dickerson he didn't really necessarily leave a lot of doors open in that last round but everybody seemed to be charging i mean you had hamas who Came within a, a, a stroke or two towards the end there. And then uh, Lightning, like we talked about, coming from third card back and, and putting a, a good scare, I'd say, into Dickerson a little bit. And Nico at times was right there too. And so overall, I thought this was this was fun. It was a, a good refresher tournament. You know, I didn't really remember it much from last year when uh, Mason Ford took it down from the MPO side. But um, you know, getting to see the the course again, and I kind of understood where a couple of these guys were talking about some course issues. Uh, but yeah, I mean, how much how much did you get a chance to watch? Did you get to watch the final round at all? Yeah, I watched uh, some of the first round, then uh, most of the third round. So, uh, like you said, the first round it was kind of like a refresher. Then I've, I've never been to that new uh, property, so it was super exciting just to watch it and everything. Um, but watching that third round, just seeing the battle. I mean, Adam was right there. Nico was right there. Uh, Laurie was right there too. Then Dickerson. I mean, they weren't they weren't missing by much. And like if they did, they the others weren't capitalizing on it too. So it was just super fun and exciting just to watch uh, live disc golf or whatever. I had kind of busy weekend with like some lessons, some clinics, and some course stuffs and a few tournaments. So it was awesome just to watch and just relax and kind of hang out and uh, tune in and support those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, looking at that final round lead card. With Dickerson, Discraft, Adam Hammes, Discraft, and Ezra Aderhold, Discraft. Uh, Discraft showing out strong there. Uh, that was kind of cool. And then, you know, we jump over to the M- FPO side of things, and taking it down was Missy Gannon, Discraft. Good weekend for them, for sure. 
Um, but then in the FPO side of things, in uh, second was Cat Merch, and third Macy Valadez. So you and I talked quite a bit about the FPO, you know, throughout the weekend, and uh, especially that last round. Man, and, and uh, listening to Missy on the Matt and Sh- Matt and uh, Nick and Matt show. Wow, excuse me, guys. Uh, talk about everybody seemed to be struggling. Even Missy was struggling. Um, she just said that she, you know, just seemed to struggle a little bit less through the end of the tournament there to, to pick up the victory. But uh, yeah, what a what a a go at that tournament too. I mean, it was rough to kind of watch at times. There a lot of struggles with putting, and several different times we saw uh, Macy kind of. We talked about it, you know, almost on tilt there a little bit, struggling for a few holes, and then Cat Merch not on Lee Card, but man, charging and and playing very very well. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, uh, it was. It, it wasn't, like, tough to watch. It was just, like, hard and frustrating to watch because, like, it was, like, one person would throw a shot, the other one would try to capitalize, and they wouldn't capitalize. So, like, that's what we were kind of uh, talking about is just, like, oh, it was tough to watch just because, like, someone be left the door open and they didn't capitalize. Um, but right off the bat, Missy, I mean, she went out of bounds on the first hole, and then I, I messaged you. I was like, did you just see that putt? She drained, like, a 50-foot death putt on hole one to start i was like oh my gosh like all right she's coming out to play then as the round went on like i actually watched the first round of the whole women's because i was like oh it's a close battle and it was it was the whole way until like 12 13 14 or whatever and missy made like a a 40 35 footer for birdie and macy took a double bogey then after that i was like all right game over then everybody else was playing for position too so it was just super exciting and um just just to watch disc golf was super awesome too, especially the close battles for both sides. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, close battle would qualify for our other tournament that we saw too, with throw down the mountain, Paul and Calvin, uh, you know, first and second, Paul eking it out by a stroke, which was, I didn't, I didn't know that it was going to get there, but, uh, man, it got there and came down to the last hole, one stroke difference. And they both, they both got, uh, both got 18. So, um, crazy good, and in on the uh, the women's side, Ellen Widboom taking it down with uh, Lisa Fakus taking second, and Hannah Macbeth showing up on the podium. I mean, good for her. That was awesome. Um, it's just a name that we haven't seen there, so uh, good deal. I mean, throw down the mountain. I know we talked about it a little bit before, but I'm I'm so excited to get into the uh, coverage from Terry Miller on this because that course is just it's so dynamic, it's so different. And that's what's really, really cool about it. going to be a lot of fun to get into that. Yeah, Terry Miller just actually posted it. So within today or the last few hours or so. Um, yeah, it was super awesome just to see the scores. I was watching on um, PDGA Live. Um, and the crazy part is they had some huge storms. So that round two, that Saturday round was canceled or whatever. So oh. they only got, yeah, so they only played two rounds or whatever just because a huge rainstorm was coming in and that property is it's flat and elevation so like some of the flat spots like in that middle of the course it's easy to flood and like florida when you get a whole bunch of rain like that it's underwater then especially when you're up and down those cliffs or whatever um it's just super dangerous so like it, it sucks but it was like i think the tournament director mike he made the right decision i know a lot of people were just like upset because like they were they i mean the first round they struggled with but like realistically safety is so important and um, kudos to Mike and the whole staff and USDGC qualifier was super awesome to watch too. And I, I know Micah, he won the, um, NADG, 
T or whatever, and he qualified for USCDC. So that was super exciting to watch him play. And I mean, give it a few days. I'm going to turn in, tune in and watch coverage and see how it all went down. So I'm super excited just to see the, um, the course again. And I think they had some changes and I just want to see, and just like, I want to see how they attack it. Yeah, definitely is going to be fun to watch. That course in general is just is so so great to watch disc golf on. I love it. So very, very cool. Well, I want to jump back to the Music City Open for just a minute here and talk a little bit about something that kind of kind of is, is permeating disc golf media again here. Uh, I've heard it on both the Upshot and Nick and Matt talking about it because it was a story. Even the commentary was talking about it on that final round. Um, we're talking about Nico LoCastro. And we're talking about time it takes to, to make a shot. So I want to give just a little bit of a, a buffer in case people didn't see this by chance. But uh, apparently, <clears throat> excuse me, at this tournament, uh, the tournament director had um, deemed or had uh, acknowledged Jeff Spring as a, um, a tournament official. Even though he wasn't the tournament director, he was there and he had been deemed a tournament official. Jeff Spring obviously running the DGPT. Uh, so on and so forth, and it was on hole five that apparently on that final round, uh, Nico's card mates were apparently visibly kind of frustrated with the amount of time he was taking with his shots. Um, at least this is what I've what I've heard. And so Jeff Spring, after the tee tee off of five, uh, gave or um, administered a warning to Nico for his pace of play time that he was taking. Apparently it took 52 seconds to tee off um, from the time that he was given the tee pad to when he actually threw the shot. Um, And I can say in watching the rest of the round, uh, it didn't change to be completely honest. There were times where he was taking uh, a lot longer than the 30 seconds. Uh, He was never administered a penalty stroke or anything like that. Um, but it's it's creating the situation now where what good is the rule if all that we're going to get out of it is a warning is kind of the the process or the the communication that we're hearing now and and everything like that and there's you know there's the side that's saying you know let Nico play if it's going to make him play better then let him take the time but I mean it's in the rule book for a reason is my my thing it's what what's next you know maybe my next tee shot i'll just call a mulligan it's you know it doesn't count i i don't know i'm being facetious now but my my point behind this is is that this is continuously happening and i'm not picking on nico let me make that very very clear i'm not picking on nico Castro. it's just he was on coverage he was on the lead card it was being filmed people noticed it Gannon Burr was called out last year for for the same thing in the DGPT finale, um, and other players have been called on it before. The one thing I will say too is that Drew Gibson tweeted about it, and um, you know he kind of basically called Nico out about it and said, you know, there's. I thought the funny part about the tweet was, you know, it, you shouldn't take a minute to barely make a 15 foot putt. Like, I kind of chuckled at that a little bit, but. And then the interesting thing about that tweet was Chris Clemens had commented on that very tweet and said that he has been on a card before with Nico when it was he was called or warned for it and he said it was not a pleasant experience which kind of you know is one of the th- one of the reasons people think that pros aren't calling Nico or anybody else for that matter on on such violations so man here we are again I mean we've talked about this it seems like just a couple weeks ago we talked about this I think it was and uh, here we are again. I mean, what 
it's I, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of giving my my take on it here, and I think something needs to change. I, I'd like to see more pros call it, but I understand that you know if you're if you're nervous about calling somebody, especially somebody who's um emotional, wears their emotion on their sleeve like Nico does, and yeah, I, I get being a little nervous about it. What you got any other take on this besides what we've talked about before? Yeah, there was there's that meme going around where Ezra's like looking at his watch and Nico's on the tee pad and like frustrated. Um, I get it. I mean, I've been there. I've been the slowest player before. I've been the fastest. So like it just I mean, like Drew said, if you're taking that long, something needs to change. And we play we have these rules for a reason. Um, it it just sucks that like one person's kind of abusing them or just a few. Uh, but like Chris was saying, it's hard to like call somebody in uh confrontation so like what's the next step so basically i think that what needs to happen is as pros we have to call call the rules it's kind of like a foot fault or like kind of going out of bounds or like this is where you went out like we just have to like adapt and just like agree and just call the rules the rules are there for a reason i mean it's it goes for any sport like if someone's cheating realistically you're gaining an advantage you have to do that i mean realistically it's like playing in the the wind or the rain like you you literally have 30 seconds to throw i remember there was one time at uscdc like it's pouring it was i don't know a year or two three years ago where it's downpouring every single hole and like we would play one hole then there would be a two card backup on the next tee pad because people are sitting there waiting for the rain and drying off their hands so uh i think like you just have to enforce it too. I mean, there's been some times where I got warned and there's been times where I've warned somebody just because like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like it's, it's sad and it's, it's frustrating for all aspects for the fans, the players, the people have to play on it. But I think we're moving in the right direction where Gannon get called, Nico got called. And I, now it's just, I think creating awareness for everybody that, whoever plays with that that person or in general it doesn't have to be nico it could be anybody it could be paul mcbeth taking an hour to putt or something like you have to call that and say say something about it because like if we don't people are still gonna do it too so yeah it's it's a really tricky spot when you're self-officiating you know when the players are the ones officiating uh, I, I definitely understand being a little concerned with you know wanting to call somebody on something creating you know, anger, resentment, or anything like that. And to be honest, we did see a little bit of that, not necessarily with the time issue, but we did see a little bit of frustration and resentment and, and kind of misunderstanding kind of stuff come out in um, in that final round with Joel Freeman. Uh, or round two, excuse me, round two with Joel Freeman. And, um, you know, he thought that his lie in this one spot, which was in the rough, in the thorns, in a really, really rough spot – and that's another thing about the the course that needs to be addressed, in my opinion, too, is how rough that rough is. But he basically thought that he couldn't get back to his disc reasonably and, and throw a shot. His other three card mates disagreed with him and thought that he could do it. Uh, I think Nathan Queen actually literally said that he could do it in 15 seconds. And, you know, whether or not that was a comment that should have been made, I don't know. But um, ultimately, Joel kind of disregarded what they said and took his casual relief and threw a shot. They addressed the tournament director who was nearby or on the next hole, I guess I understand. And um, he was, Joel was ultimately assessed a penalty for playing an improper lie, which was the right call. I know Joel said later that he was pretty frustrated by that after the fact, but you know, that's, that's what it is. So, 
All right. So, you know, frustrations all around from a lot of different situations. I think we can just kind of leave it as it is. It's an ongoing conversation. And I'm sure, you know, players are going to address these situations as they come up. And and we'll go from there. Um, But let's move on here. Jordan, you were involved in uh, a little bit of a tournament, I hear. You want to give us a little bit of a rundown? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, back in Minnesota, we used to do like uh, the the Blue Ribbon Pines Cash Open. Um, so I just had an idea. Like one day, I was like, I looked at the calendar for Arizona. I was like, let's just do a Phoenix Cash Open. Um, so pretty much how it is is just unsanctioned tournament. Um, pretty much you pay a hundred dollars for any division, and winner gets cash payout. Unsanctioned, AM divisions, all divisions. So we ran that here in Phoenix. Uh, we didn't get the turnout that we hoped, just because there's a lot of other conflicts and hot and just everything. So we had like 30, 40 people. So not too bad. Um, but yeah, just two rounds of 18, super easy. Um, I shot not so great the first round. What it's it's been very common lately. But that second round I come charging, so I ended up taking second. Oh. Um, I lost, I was in like sixth or seventh, almost last and came back and took second. I did a charge on that second round. I shot 10 under, which is very exciting. That was probably like 10, 20, 10, 30, 10, 40. I don't know, somewhere around that range. I can't remember, but it was unsanctioned, but we played leagues out there. Um, yeah, I was down by one going to the last hole. I was up first cause I got like six in a row and the hole's like 300 feet wide open, and this is like a desert course. So I just threw a hyzer, then the wind lifted it. And I was trying to go for like a little skip ace or something, but the wind made it into a, a like an ace run. So it went over the basket, almost aced it to like 40. Then the, the leader, he was like 25 short, but I thought he parked it because it was hard to tell with the distance. And I was out first, so he was a little short. I missed the, the, fir- the only putt I missed in that round, which was super exciting because that first round I missed four or five just – we were, it's a course playing with uh, Mach 2s, uh, Mach 7s, Mach 5s. It's just a course that has old baskets, but, like, one gets stolen, we replace it with a brand new one. So, eventually, right now on Sunday, uh, we're replacing all the baskets with Innova 28. So, that's going to be nice. playing a lot better because right now it's, like, two, two and a half strokes harder because of the mo- you have to play for those, those chain outs or something. Yep. So I missed my putt, and he just, like, once he kind of knew that I missed it, he kind of laid up, just, like, call it a day or whatever. So I took second. I, I made uh, three, 400 bucks, easy easy peasy. Um, good, good tournament, uh, good tournament, good turnout. We had some CTPs, good layout. So it was super fun. Yeah, just just relaxing, just competition. And a lot of these guys here love to play competitive, like whether it's leagues, cash rounds, or just like skins or gamble, like I'll give them a handicap and they just want to play. Just, just, I mean, challenge, you know, like me not being on the road, like during this, like this last month and a half is, um, it's super nice just because like I have a lot of projects. I have lessons. I'm doing a lot more things here at the home base. So once the, like within what, two weeks, it's going to be, the summer's over like literally it's going to be christmas it's it's just going to fly by yeah yeah it's it's gearing up soon uh that's for sure so that's awesome well i'm going to keep you talking here because you have a story that you wanted to tell 
Monday League is what I know of it. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Saturday was a tournament. Sunday was recovery. So two rounds of 18 in the sun. We were, we were torched. So Sunday I didn't play. Then Monday I host a league. Um, just kind of me and Tommy Guns. He's a local here. He's been running for so long, but he's kind of busy. And sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. Um, but mostly he shows up just to kind of hang out and chill. So I kind of taken it over when I'm in town. But yeah, so uh, it's best score doubles. Um, so basically random flip doubles, super easy ace pool, CTPs included. Um, then we have I implemented UDIS scores. So I kind of created it. We can check it in on. Um, check it in when you show up and basically if you're down by four you can check in leaderboard so um uh friend kyle uh kyle welch he is on the prodigy street team we get to um i didn't play with him this particular round um but he aced hole 15 at conocito so basically aced it or whatever then basically he he didn't cash because usually we only pay top three or four just because of the field or whatever. Then we get to the cash CTP. So after the round, we do a throw off. So basically there's 25 people every dollar from each person's entry. If he goes in the lap, then basically closest to the pin on that hole wins that money. So, uh, the partner that I was paired up with, he parked it like literally two feet away. Nice. Then he was, I think he was like the second or the last one or the second to third last one. And he's, Everybody's like, well, you might as well ace it just because, like, he's going to win or whatever. He throws the same exact disc and aces it. And it goes (laughs) – there's there's probably, like, 50 people around at the course because hole one and hole nine, they're just so close. And, like, the course, it's nine holes, 18 tee pads. And, like, there's a lot of clutter, a lot of people watching. And it's, like, sunset, but everybody's leaving. And they heard the chains. Everybody looks, and everybody just freaks out. It was insane just to see, like – and we were like, was that the same disc? And it was. So he oh, pretty much man. got like a hundred dollar ace, then that twenty five dollars or whatever. So it's crazy just to like to turn events. Just he aces that hole with the di- one disc, tries it again, aces again. And I was like, all right, man, you got to retire. But yeah, it was like one of the special moments just to see and just to witness is like that's a lifetime memory for sure. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's crazy. That's pretty awesome. I love that. Uh, good good stuff. Well, another tournament that I wanted to talk about here was uh, the ever-so-prestigious Wyoming Hall of Fame Championship C-Tier. And the reason I want to talk about this is uh, Eagle McMahon played it and and won it. Um, a single-round tournament, shot 1060 for that round, and won it by a handful of strokes. Um, I mean, there was nobody else of of high rating that was there or anything like that. I think there was like one or two other thousand rated players and they were just barely over a thousand rated. But the reason I bring it up is, I mean, he feels comfortable enough to get out there and throw when we've had all this uncertainty about his shoulder and MRIs and all this other stuff. Um, So I thought it was worth just at least mentioning that good for him. And then on top of it, his, his girlfriend won the FPO field. So that's pretty awesome too. Um, cool stuff and hopefully i mean like i kind of mentioned to you when i told you about it uh, is that you know hopefully this is a good sign for him to come back and to be playing i know he's still signed up for champions cup in georgia whether or not that actually you know if he actually makes it for that or whatnot we'll see um but exciting nonetheless to to have him potentially back on the uh on the tour so 
Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So now we have another uh, Silver Series coming up here um, next this weekend, this coming weekend. The Open at Tallahassee, moving over to Florida. And, you know, there's there's a handful of the, the top players here. A lot of them are skipping because of uh, the major Champions Cup. Champions Cup, yep, coming up. So they're kind of bypassing that. But, like, Matty O, Gannon Burr, Nico LaCastro, Mason Ford, Cameron Colglazer, Garrett Gerthy. And, uh, you know, it goes on down the list of players that are signed up for this. So it's, you know, got a couple of the, the upper tier players and then we're getting some of the, those middle tier, I guess I would call it would be the best way the the next step down. Um, so going to be interesting. There'll be, you know, coverage because this is a silver series event. So just like this last one, they'll be post-produced on the DGN's YouTube page and then the live uh, final round. So uh, pretty exciting though, because I was glancing at the registration and had to, and on the MPO side and had to mention this, that, we're seeing the DGPT debut this year of Raven Newsom, fellow MVP, uh, the the uh, person that we had on in an interview that unfortunately we can't broadcast because it just absolutely bombed uh, with technical issues. But uh, that's exci- that's exciting. That's exciting for him. I know he's excited to get out there and play. I'm sure. Um, and I'm sure it's exciting for everybody to have him around. I, from what I understand, he's a well-liked guy, and rightfully so. Um, and then the FPO field, um, Sarah Hokum, Valerie Mandahano, Kona Panis, Jessica Weiss, Lisa Fakus, Alexis Mandahano. Um, so there's a good good bunch of, of women as well there. Maria Oliva, Holly Finley, Kat Merch is going to be back. So it's going to be a fun little tournament, I think. And I, I like these Silver Series tournaments where the, the big – big shooters the the big high rated players are taking a step back whether they're taking time off to prepare for majors or whatever the issue is it's just fun to see some of these other players in a little bit more of of a spotlight in my opinion but um yeah this should be fun um tallahassee played out that way at all or no i haven't played in tallahassee yet but i played in like jacksonville tampa i always tune it into this this course uh it's it looks super cool that the, everybody's posting uh stories about it. it looks super sweet and speaking of raven it, i know like he's one of the hardest working uh, per, uh players out there so like on and off the course and he's just hungry like him being in vegas and like we me and him sharing a room together and he was just like man it's this sucks being like not being able to play but like it, it's great to be here and support the team and like same thing with say waco memorial uh nashville just all these tournaments where he like he has the game he has everything and just to sit back and just like feel like so limited so i'm super excited to see him play and i think he could be top five if not winning this tournament so it's gonna be awesome to watch and i just hope that he's fully recovered if not comfortably recovered i haven't talked to him in a in a few weeks or whatever we text all the time so i uh, just kind of check in to see how things are going and so i'm just super excited just just to watch him play and uh like you said just to see these uh these second tiered lower tiered or like that middle of the pack just kind of show out here because this could be a huge moment like say someone just uh plays well like i mean look at last week and cat merch just charging like to finish second and like she was so hyped about that and like yeah that's so much momentum like val too monahana like uh someone posts or i think stat, pdj stats or stat mando posted on twitter of her stats from yeah. the the last five tournaments in 2021 versus 2022 yeah. and like everything's top top seven top eight yeah. compared to last year where it's like 
scattered all over the place. That just shows you like how well she's playing, how well she's learning. So it's just super exciting to to follow and watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, seeing Raven pop off would be awesome. Um, I definitely would love love to see that. That's awesome. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, now something that I wanted to talk about that actually didn't make the uh, the show notes that that Jordan got here. So it's a little bit of a surprise, but it's stuff we talked about. We got to talk a little bit about April Fools because we saw some pretty pretty awesome stuff from April Fools this year. You know, disc golf is just like any other community. You see stuff out there, you know, around April Fools, little pranks. Some of these companies though went above and beyond, I got to say this year. You know, the the one that probably made me laugh the most was the MVP video. Got to talk about that with James being a rage monster having, you know, different members of Team MVP on there uh, talking about how crazy he is. It, it was classic, well done. Um, DGA, Tyler Brickley, no stranger to comedy in any way, shape, or form, telling us all that the DGA hole was no longer available, uh, which is a great little throwback. But then we had the Halo Polecat. Now, you, you saw this, right? I mean, I'm not like, okay, yep. okay good. So the Halo Polecat is something that a lot of – polecat throwers have been clamoring for and so innova in a way of trolling them kind of like puts out oh yeah we've got your halo polecats right here with the polecat stamp with a halo over the polecat okay and a link to buy it from the innova store and you paid 30 bucks to get this disc but there was only 100 of them made but then people get their boxes and it's got the halo, you know, the the polecat with the halo on the box. You open up the box, and it plays "Never Gonna Give You Up" by Rick Rick Astley. And then on top of it, there's two discs in there. You get that polecat that you saw in a DX, but then they also legitimately had a halo polecat in there. And so, I mean, you're getting like you're getting April fooled twice. But what's crazy about this is these things were in such high demand; they're selling for like four or five hundred dollars. Now on the secondary market, what is this, Jordan? Like this is crazy. This is mind blowing. I had no idea. Like I thought it was a joke the whole way. Then all of a sudden, someone posted about it. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like that's super cool. I know a lot of people like requested it too. So yep, it's just it's just super awesome to watch. Yeah, definitely very very interesting uh, move by Innova. I, I really hope that they see how well this goes and, and produce some more Halo Polecats for the Polecat lovers out there because I know they're all over the place. I see them posting all the time. So, fun stuff. All right. So, we're near nearing the end of the show here, but i got to get in a couple things. So, uh, I'm playing a tournament this weekend, C-Tier, two-round tournament in uh, Hiawatha, Iowa, down by Cedar Rapids playing Faye Clark Park. Um, same tournament or same course that I played at before this tournament this year. So, um, but it's going to be interesting. You and I kind of, I kind of chatted with you a little bit about, um, discs and what I'm doing here. So the first round I'm, I'm getting rid of everything in my bag. That's higher than a nine speed. Um, I'm having a little trouble with distance and consistency and form and you name it. And I've got problems with it. So going to try that out. I'm excited to to give it a shot and and I'll have the higher speed discs with me so if I need them second round I can just grab them out of my car, but uh this is going to be fun. Like I said, C tier. I'm hoping to get a little revenge after the last tournament, but uh we'll see how that goes, but this tournament's also a chance for me to try out in a tournament something that I wanted to talk about on the show and actually share on the video here a little bit. 
it is this guy right here. Of course, it's not going to focus very well for us at all. There we go. This is DG Max Wax. Okay. So this is a PDGA approved mini, sized mini, appropriate, but it is wax. It's a, you know, just like a, you think like a, a whale sack or something like that, kind of similar. Uh, but the point of this is to eliminate like a slippery grip, especially you get those, those, those rounds where you're playing and it's a little cold, but it's not freezing cold, but it's just dry enough that your fingers are drying out. I deal with that a lot. And so this is made just for that. And it also comes in this awesome little container like this. It's almost like a chapstick and you can carry either one of them around. But what's great about this is it's not sticky like you would think of say like pine tar if you're a baseball fan or anything like that or if you saw the paul Macbeth video he did with nick carl where he tried they tried out all these different grip enhancers and all this other stuff um, a lot of them were sticky and tacky and and stuff like that that felt gunky and even to the point where like putting they weren't able to get a clean release on the disc this stuff i'm telling you right now i've only had it two days but i've had a chance to play around with it a little bit completely different this is incredible. Like the grip that I feel on even my slickest discs, think like Champion Plastic from Innova or any of those type of discs, that plastic, um, as slippery as they can get, even in cooler temperatures in like the 40s, I'm getting good grip on there and releasing just fine. And even I can put some on my fingers and go to putt and I'm just releasing the disc perfectly, like no problem whatsoever. So... We're not sponsored by these guys, but I wanted to talk about it because I think it's such a cool, cool little product. Um, I'm excited to try it on the tournament, and I'll definitely make sure to talk about it a little bit next week um, after the fact. But uh, also, let them I let them know on Twitter we were talking about them. They were pretty stoked about that. So good stuff there for sure. Um, yeah, do you got anything planned for this weekend, Jordan? You got anything going on? This weekend, we are installing those new baskets oh, yeah. on sunday yep the new baskets so i'm gonna help out with that uh, i'm super excited about that uh that's the, one of the courses that's super close to me um and so basically they have like the mock fives mock sevens mock twos mock threes they have the whole mock family out there so they're getting the end of a 28s and i was like thinking about it it's a it's a desert course wide open a lot of up and down or whatever and i'm just thinking because they installed three or four already, and I was like, okay, we got to carry these baskets up these mountains and just, like, plant them. I was like, do we have to dig it out, this and that? But very fortunate they went with the Innovas, and they're the same sleeves as the old ones. Oh. So we can just literally, the dimensions, you just build the basket, set it up, plant it in. So I was like, all right, that's stress relief, because I know there are some courses where, like, you go from a prodigy basket to a different basket. You're like, all right, we got to dig the whole thing up. So this is very fortunate, and I'm super excited about it. And the course is right down the road. This is where I do a lot of the field work, a lot of lessons, a lot of play. So I can get in around in like an hour, hour and a half, if that. Do If I want to just go to the field, I got that field, then I got to field a little closer. Um, but, yeah, it's, I'm super excited about that. Then I think we might just kind of chill. I'm, um, I know one of the other courses – um, we're going to do some epoxy on the tee pads because they're very slick right now. So we kind of layer them with the epoxy just to kind of get that, um, that stick and that grip or whatever. So, because I know a lot of people like paint tee pads, they have turf tee pads. You got It's kind of like every couple of years you got to recycle the tee pads. So like, that's what we're doing. And 
lessons, working on that new property, a lot of emails, a lot of orders. Um, our dish should be coming soon, hint, 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 hopefully. Um, so that's exciting. Once we get that, once they get that all finalized, uh, we'll post about it on our socials. But yeah, it's good. I mean, every week's busy practicing, playing. I got baskets in the backyard set up. I got everything clean and it's i mean a couple weeks i'm taking off to ddo so um i got so pretty much it's what you got tallahassee champions cup uh jonesboro then ddo so like four weeks but i'm going a, a week early just to practice just because like new course new layout and like everybody's yeah. gonna be at jonesboro and i'll have the, pretty much the whole course to myself which is super exciting and ddo is just a um awesome time you got a lot of the amateurs playing you got a lot of the professionals playing and i mean the whole the city of emporia like if you haven't been to emporia for the the gbo the ddo i highly recommend it whether you no matter what plastic you throw it's always a good time the city shuts down for us we're celebrities it's crazy i have a whole bunch of product that i'm bringing so i gotta pack it i gotta ship it i gotta bring it i just it's gonna be an awesome time i'm super excited where i'm actually staying with the sayers they're out of maine um they're uh, team dynamic this and they're my hosts from maine when i go to maine or i see them in like the northeast swing and junior worlds i met them through junior Worlds. super awesome family I get to spend the whole week and a half two weeks with them or what however i don't know i don't pay attention until i get a notification it's like <laughs> oh you're taking off tomorrow so but yeah i'm super excited about the whole thing and just kind of playing again and playing uh, at that competitive le- level at the top yeah and then you're like you said you're rolling from there i mean you've got it, wow all over the place uh, it's getting crazy and what's cool right. what's cool about that is you get rolling that means you're closer and closer to rolling into the midwest which is what i'm all about excited for that titan open and and the preserve i'm so stoked for that stuff it's going to be so much fun des moines challenge des moines of course des moines des moines absolutely you got everything yeah because it's like ddo goat hill a week off for me then otb then just like home for a few weeks then it's the midwest swing so yep. it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy yeah i mean those there's like nine tournaments in a row or something like that seven eight i don't even know yep and so guys with that being said because jordan's going to be in eventually in in june here going to be in my neck of the woods and i'm going to be going to a couple of these tournaments uh let us know if there's like some sort of content you want us to to shoot video audio whatever like, obviously, we're going to keep doing the podcast. That's not a question. But give us some ideas here. We want to have some fun, too, um, and, and everything like that. And, you know, watch if you're if you're in around or going to be at the preserve or in that area during the preserve, watch for information coming out about some sort of a get-together. I'm just putting that out there now, working on the details. Once we get it all set up, we'll be sure to blast it out. But that's all in the future. Let's talk about right now I've got uh, – their PDGA stats, secret stat of the week. Okay. So we're jumping back now. We talked about Chris Dickerson, uh, you know, a couple weeks back. Um, and now we're talking about him again. Chris Dickerson has now won 72 out of 103 events in the state of Tennessee. He is 43 out of 49 over the last five seasons in Tennessee. And he has only finished outside of the top 10 once. And that was October 2014 
that he finished outside the top 10 in Tennessee. So like a 70%, 70 plus percent win percentage in Tennessee and is 43 for 49 over the last five seasons in Tennessee. I mean, that's one of those things that everybody talks about. Oh, you know, he's like, he's from Tennessee. He loves playing in Tennessee. That's another level. Like that is just absolutely another level. Tennessee, you guys need to pump out some good disc golfers and knock him off this throne. Like this is ridiculous. Come on. Um, they have good golfers. He's just good. I know. I know. I, he's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Chris it's, Dickerson. It's kind of like it's. There's always like those five or six people like all where they're from. They kill it. Like Scott Withers, Oregon. Kale, Minnesota. Like MJ, North Carolina. Like yeah. Schweberger. There. Like they're Any, just anywhere. So good, like in their area. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, I was in, like, my local area, not, like, the state of – the yeah. state's different. Like, anywhere within, like, 30 minutes of me, I was like, all right, I had a chance or whatever. Unless Kale shows up, two-minute warning, <laughs> throws a couple putts and call it a day. Right, yeah, that's that sounds about right. Well, uh, that's what I've got on my end here. You know, we've teased a lot of stuff here. We've got discs coming soon. That's so, so exciting. I can't wait to share those with everybody. That's going to be good stuff. Um, yeah. That's what I got, guys. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Get out there and play. Let us know where you're playing, how you're doing, and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, if you're a, a good karma, good vibes, praying kind of person, I'm playing a tournament this weekend. I could use all the help I can get, that's for sure. And Or make everybody else sick and play like crap. I don't, I don't know. Something like that. But, hey, no, best of luck to everybody out there playing this weekend, and we'll talk to you guys next week.